today we're going to talk about, Pastor spoke the very first week of the series on who we are, and then last week we talked about what we are. You can find those on our podcast or um, at transformationchurch.com. You can watch or listen to those. But today we're going to talk about when we are. And if that doesn't make any sense, I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, it's a time. It's, it's the time such as this. And so uh, let's get straight into our theme verse for the whole series, and then we're going to jump into where we're going to be, which is mostly in Deuteronomy. If you want to turn with us to Deuteronomy chapter 9, if you have your Bibles, feel free to do that. Get your sermon notes out if you didn't. Um, We're going to be there in just a second. We want to read out of Ephesians, and it says, And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And one of the things that we love about Transformation Church is that we are proactive about trying to be the hands and feet of Jesus. What do I mean by that? That we're going to take and we're going to talk about the gospel to those that need it, but we also want to meet the needs of the people around us. We want to be hope to the hopeless so that we can point to Christ, so that they can put their hope in Christ, so that they can put their faith in Christ and be saved. Amen. And so uh, we, uh, today's message is going to be somewhat of a declaration because I love my church. Um, That was me in the video, the handsome man with the beard and the hat. That was me. In case y'all didn't put those two dots together. Um, I do love my church. I love you guys. I think you're awesome. Um, However, uh, this is not just a message of a proclamation. Today, we're going to kind of present a call to action. Are you guys ready? Some of you are like, I don't know about your call to actions. They always kind of get me messed up, so I don't, trust me, it's going to be good stuff, all right? So let's get out your sermon notes, but as we're getting ready to get into those, I want to present to you the idea that Transformation Church is uh, in a time such as this, and so Transformation Church is in existence in a particular time, in a particular place. God breathed to take the gospel and demonstrate it in ways that can impact the lives of those around us. And so this call of action that we're going to present to you today, um, we're going to present to you in five areas that I believe is a time, there's a time frame that God does many things. I, I believe that God is a God of seasons, that he takes us through seasons. If you haven't been through seasons in your life, or maybe you haven't noticed, but how many of you guys know for a certain season, you may have a group of friends around you, and then all of a sudden, those, those friends just like, you know, you're looking around like Job, like, hey, where, where is everybody at? Like, do I smell bad or something? And why does everyone leave me? Like, but God takes us through seasons. Maybe it's your employment. Maybe it is your friends. No matter what it is, God takes us through times of seasons. Sometimes we go through struggles. Sometimes we go through strongholds. And then we'll go through seasons of blessing where God just, it feels like, man, everything is going fantastic, you know? And then all of a sudden we hit that wall, right? Like, uh, hello, somebody, did you forget about me? So we want to present to you the idea that God is a God of seasons, but this season that is coming up on Transformation Church, as we prepare for the move to our new location around the corner. Praise God, we're, few, we're weeks away from that. Somebody say amen, yes. <laughs> Some of you guys must have been walking through the building like every couple of weeks just looking around like, oh, you guys are doing stuff, awesome. Yeah, like, yes, we're in here 12 hours a day. We are doing stuff. So, and, uh, and just getting stuff ready. But how many guys know it's gonna be awesome when we get over there, but here's the deal, folks, and here's why this message is so alive in my spirit um, is that we can't get over there and just expect God to do amazing things and us not be a proactive part of that. God has a plan and a purpose to use us to be a very integral and vital part 
of what God is going to do around the corner over there. And when we get there, we have a facilitation and we have a responsibility to now manage the gospel and take it to people that so desperately need it. And so today is very much a call to action. Deuteronomy 9, 13 and 14 is where we are starting. And so just to give you kind of a backdrop on this, on what's going on here, Moses who has taken the Israelites, he's led them out of uh, slavery with the Egyptians, and now he's, they're wandering in the desert. And what's happening here is Moses now goes up onto the mountain um, to hear from the Lord, to be with the Lord for 40 days, 40 nights. He goes up onto the mountain, um, and so the Lord is revealing things to him and telling him things while he's up there about the people. So let's check it out. And the Lord said to me, I have seen this people, and they are stiff-necked people indeed. How many guys know some stiff-necked people? Amen, somebody? Come on, right? Don't, don't nudge your significant other there. Let me alone so that I may destroy them and blot out their name from under heaven. Then he says, I will make you into a nation stronger and more numerous than they. And so what's happened here is God's talking to Moses and God is literally saying like, hey, uh, these are some stiff-necked people, rebellious people. So step aside because I'm going to wipe them off the face of the earth. Not only that, I'm going to blot them out from the history books. They're going to have never existed. And I'm just going to give you a new nation. And Moses steps in and is like, no. If you take their name out, take my name out with it. Now, listen, I love you guys, but Moses was their pastor. You know what I'm saying? And he was like, if they ain't going, I'm not going. Part of me would be like, this half over here, you know, if you could, if you could reserve a few, right? Just, I'm going to hang out with them. Us 12 will go. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that to you guys. Maybe I would. All right, so anyway, so just don't become stiff-necked rebellious people. And you know, I'm just kidding. And so... God is having this conversation and Moses says, no, if you do that, if you take their name out, take my name out with it. And man, talk about boldness. And so what we wanna do is we want to look at the Israelites, look at the story of Moses and see some comparisons on how we can see how, what time we are in in comparison to what time they were in and how God continues to do the same things in different seasons of other people's lives. And so one of the big things that we try to do here at Transformation Church is connect dots between what we read in scripture and how it correlates to us. Any guys ever read the Bible and was like, uh, what? I don't know what this means. We're gonna try to help you out with some of that today. Before I do that, I want to kind of give you a, an understanding of why this is important to us. I didn't do this in the 8 o'clock service, but I felt like it was important. Um, our pastor, our, our visionary, the, the man that we follow, and, and he hears from the Lord, and, uh, and we follow him. We commit to the vision, and we are so excited to see what God is doing through this church. Um, so that you know, his ministry started in the South Bronx in the 80s, right? Like dope dealers, drug dealers, gangbangers, the prostitution ring, and all of that. And he was uh, overwhelmed and consumed with a passion to touch hurting and broken people. But at the same time, take these people that are in the hierarchies, the ones that are in the Macy's and the Saks Fifth Avenues, and how do we bring all that together so that we can impact for the kingdom those that need it? Because how many guys know, even if you're going to reach the broken, the brokest of the broken and the, the lost of the lost and the poor of the poor, it's going to take somebody that's going to cut a check to do that. Amen. And so we have to figure out a way. How do we bring all of these people together and become kingdom minded so that we can see those that have the resources help provide resources for those that need resources and someone be in the middle facilitating this entire responsibility, making sure that the gospel touches those. But how many guys recognize that when we read the word, Jesus rarely introduced himself as a savior before he met a need first. 
So he fed the hungry before he presented himself as savior. He clothed the naked before he presented himself. He healed the broken before he restored, he raised the dead before he presented himself as savior. And so we have to understand that as a church, we are going to take on the responsibility of both presenting the hope and message of Jesus while also finding ways that we can facilitate to meet the needs like Jesus and take on that weight as a church. And so uh, today we are gonna talk about the heart uh, of TC and how it's time. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time. That's, all right, turn to the person you just neglected on the other side of you and say, it's time. All right. So the first thing I want you to understand about that it's time is number one in your notes, it's time to love people. It's time to love people. It's time for compassion. It's time to look past your political preferences. It's time to look past your race. It's time to look past your, uh, your ideology. It's time to look past what you think is right. It's time to look past the people that are socially or economically above or below you. It's time to look past all those things and start recognizing that people are dying every day without the gospel of Jesus Christ. What you think, who you're voting for should not dictate who you associate yourself with with the sake of the gospel. It's time that we love people. And if that means sympathizing and empathizing and getting down into the dirt, listen, I have never ministered to someone that was broken without taking on some stench and dirt myself. So it's time we get ready to take on some brokenness and be, facilitated and be associated with the brokenness for the sake of the gospel going into people's lives. I once heard pastor say, he was preaching on a message about Abishai, and I don't have time to go into Abishai, but one of the things in that message that so consumed my mind was he said that you can't guard someone and you can't protect someone from the back. That you can't put them in front of you and try to help them. You actually have to stand in front of them and take on their guilt and take on their shame, take on their filth, take on their name, take on everything onto yourself so that you can help restore them and minister the gospel to them. And so this is a call to action because that's gonna mean some of us are gonna get dirty. And some of us don't like getting dirty. Well, somebody, you see these hands? These are office hands, okay? I did... I, I did my car working and roofing and all that stuff. I'm, I'm over all that. So um, God bless all of you, though, because I need to call one of y'all to do it if you ever can do it. Praise. We appreciate y'all's ministry. Anyway, so it's time that we love people. It's time we have compassion. Check out the scripture. This is the, really the only scripture for the rest of today that's outside of Deuteronomy 9, so you don't have to worry about turning here. One day, after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were. Talking, talking about the Israelites that were in captivity to the Egyptians, okay? Where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. So looking this way and that and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. So what I'm telling you to do is not go kill anyone. That is not what I'm telling you to do. Don't get ahead of yourselves, okay? Some of y'all were like, oh, oh. that is not what we're talking about today. All right. But what, the reason I wanted to show you that scripture is to help you understand that we have to love people. And so what Moses was, Mo, Moses was not down in the dirt too. Moses was up in the tower, friends. Like he was living the high life at this point. Everything was good. So what stirred him and gave him so much compassion for the man down there that he was willing to leave essentially the riches of his lifestyle, go down and protect a slave and then become an outlaw because of it? 
compassion. And what is going to stir our hearts so much that I'm not telling you to quit your job. This is not one of those messages. You need to quit your job. You need to get out of your house. You need to go live in a shack somewhere. That is not this message because I'm not selling my house just yet. And listen, God would have to audibly speak to me like with a voice and say, you need to sell your house. And then you'd have to tell my wife twice. Okay. So we, (laughs) let's not get ahead of this thing just yet. So this isn't one of those messages where what you got to do is get rid of everything. No, no, no. I'm saying what we have to do is look at people. So step out in mentally in our mentality. Step out from what we see comfortable. Step out from what we're used to. See people who are hurting and who are broken and who need the gospel of Jesus Christ, but may also need a meal or may also need a jacket or may also need some help and minister to their need, but then present the hope of Jesus to them at the same time. But it's going to require that we love people because you can never minister to a group of people that you don't already love. And so we have to look at them, have compassion, love them, and then present to them a solution. Number two, a time to commit to the mission. It's a time to commit to the mission. A time to see the great commission as a suggestion, or it's time to stop seeing the Great Commission as a suggestion and start recognizing that it's a demand. Jesus wasn't like, hey, when it's convenient for you and on your off day, if you could take the gospel to those that need it, that would be awesome, but it's no big deal if you don't, you know, they're just gonna die and go to hell forever. That wasn't the mode of Jesus. He was saying, no, 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 I'm sending you out with one thing on your mind. Listen, you are a banker secondary to your mission for Christ. You are a doctor secondary to your mission for Christ. You are a refit instructor, nurse, whatever. I don't know what you people do, but you are that second to your commission and your mission for Jesus Christ. And so I'm, I'm not one of those guys that believes that we should have pastors and all the pastors should just lead the people and they should minister the gospel and then you guys should just you know chime in every Sunday for your Sunday fix, hit that religious checkbox and then go right back to your life. No, no, no. I believe that we should all become consumed with the mission of Jesus Christ in our lives. And if you've been hurt by the church or you got a, dis, you got a nasty taste in your mouth from what church has presented to you or what your idea of church used to be, come for the rest of the series and find out what we're all about. And please, I'm not telling you we're better than every church. What I'm telling you is I believe this is a great church. And if you've never had a good experience at a church, let us please present to you the message of Jesus Christ in a safe environment where you will know that if nothing else, you have found a safe church that loves you no matter what. And we can present the gospel to you and to whomever you bring into the house. Deuteronomy 9, 12. So what we're doing is we're going to take a stroll the rest of Deuteronomy 9 today. Then the Lord told me, go down from here at once because your people whom you brought out of Egypt have become corrupt. They have turned away quickly from what I commanded them and have made an idol for themselves. So Moses is on the mountain. He spends 40 days, 40 nights with Jesus, uh, with God. And so he's coming down. And how many guys know if you spend 40 days with God, something's going to be different about you, right? So Moses is coming down. It said that he, he, he was glowing with the radiance of God so much that he had to cover his face when he would talk to people because they didn't even recognize him anymore. Man, I'm telling you, some of us need to spend some time with God because you'll, you'll get set on fire for a mission figuratively 
sorry. Uh, you, you will become consumed with this mission. The more time we spend with God, the more time, or the, the more likely we are to take on the heart of God. And so we, they, he goes up on the mountain. He's coming down from the mountain. God's saying like, hey, you need to go check on your people because they're going crazy. That's what that, that's the BLV version of what that says, the Brad Livingston version. I quote that often. Some of you guys haven't got your copy yet. It's okay. So, but he says, they've made an idol for themselves. And so we have to commit to the mission because there's two people groups that we're talking about today. Number one, we're talking about the lost, but then we're talking about us. And we can't become so consumed with the things that we want and how we want to get them. We can't become so consumed with our career. We can't become so consumed with everything that we want to obtain in life that it becomes secondary to the very thing God called us to do, which is take the great commission and take it out to the people that need it. Again, people are dying every day without Jesus and all we can think about is the next car we want. And if you're first time here at Transformation Church, every message isn't this way, but you came on this day, and so you're just going to get what you get, okay? <clears throat> it's a heavier message, but are you guys with me today? How many guys would acknowledge there's some things the Lord can straighten out in, in my mentality that I can become more people-minded and less self-minded, amen? And so let's just, let's just keep on going then, all right. Number three, that's my mom. She's going to say that no matter what. Uh, <laughs> Number three is that it is time to stand in the gap. It is time to stand in the gap. There is a word that I'll probably use 27 more times before this message is over with, and the word is consumed. I've been praying about this message this week and just trying to listen to what the Lord was trying to tell me, and the word that kept coming to my mind is just consumed. Because all of us are consumed. It's just, what are we consumed with? Like we all have goals and aspirations and those things aren't bad. So again, don't, don't get twisted what I'm trying to present to you today. I'm not presenting to you this idea that you need to abandon everything and pursue exclusively the gospel. I'm saying we've got to get some equal scales going on about what the gospel is in our life versus what we want in our life. Because guess how much of what you're fixing to do, fixing, this Southern thing has got me all messed up. My Northerners have been like, what are we fixing? What are we using to fix it? And I'm like, never mind. But this life that we're trying to obtain, none of it comes with us when we die. But how awesome is it gonna be to look around in heaven and see 12 or 15 or 100 or 200 people that you personally impacted their life over 30 or 40 or 50 years, all worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords together, lifting up the name of Jesus and be able to say, man, God used me to touch that heart, to touch that life and put hope in a hopeless situation and point them to a Jesus that loves them, love them enough to die for them and save them. And that's why, man, I've become consumed. You get around us, man, pe- people get around me and pastor and either they can, they can kick it with us for a while, but either they like fall into the same track we fall into or they run away from us like frantically, like seriously, because you can't hang out with pastor without him doing something crazy. And those of you that have been around him, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We'll go to Walmart. You guys remember the shoe tying story, right? Like I, the craziest things happen to our pastor. For those of you that don't know, I swear to you, he will bend over and tie his shoe and 17 people get saved. It's the craziest thing you've ever seen in your life. I was with him the other day at Lowe's and we were loading up lumber, two by fours, right? Not very spiritual, <laughs> you know? And some person walks over and they're just like, hey, I just, I feel like I need to talk to someone 
about what's going on in my life right now. Complete stranger, man. <laughs> there are 50 people in this parking lot, and why is it? It must be the hair. I don't know what it is, but it's just, man, like, the Lord just draws people to our pastor, man. And, and, I, and I wish I could tell you, like, I'm the guy that's like, oh, yeah, tell me about it. I'm usually the guy that's like, listen, man, I'm hungry right now, and these two by fours are getting heavy. So we need, what you need to do, let me give you someone's number to call. This is Pastor Ryan Teague's number. He's a student pastor at Transformation Church. You need, you need to give him a call because he'd like to listen to all the things you got to say right now. No, listen. I would love to tell you that I'm that guy that I just, I, but I'm trying, right? But the Lord has put something in my, y'all, y'all thinking the same thing. I'll give y'all Pastor Ryan's number if y'all want to hand it out too. <clears throat> but the Lord is consuming me, man. He, he really is. And I have to try because I'm not that guy naturally. I'm a work-minded kind of cat, like some of you guys. Like, put me, give me the task and I'm going to accomplish the task. But oftentimes we get blinded by the task from what we're supposed to be doing. And that's taking the gospel to people that need it. You with me? And so just because you're a doctor doesn't mean that you're only a doctor. It means that you just happen to be ministering the gospel in the hospital. Just because you're a banker doesn't mean you're only a banker. It just means you're gonna be ministering the gospel in a bank. You picking up what I'm throwing down? Just because you're a waiter doesn't mean you're only a waiter. It means you need to be looking for opportunities to take the gospel into that restaurant. And you can apply that to wherever it is that you work. You're on a mission which is the great commission to take the hope, to take the gospel to people that need it. That's your responsibility. That's my responsibility. That's our responsibility. So it's time that we commit to the mission. Number three, it's time that we stand in the gap. I may have told you that one already, but we're back on it. It's a time we become consumed with people that are lost. It's time we become consumed with the mission more than ourselves. You see, and this happens every Sunday. And so if, if, if you're that person, don't become offended. Just change it. No, I'm just kidding. So, but every Sunday, we go stand at the back door back there. And people walk past us. And they walk in. That was a great sermon, Pastor. We really appreciate you. But, you know, and I'm like, yeah, thank you. You know, I appreciate, you know, thank you, oh, little lady. So, like the whole nine, you know. But, but how much of our... Some of y'all have seen that, right? <laughs> Never mind, I'm not going there. So, but some, sometime, at some point, we have to be transformed by the message, not just listen to it. And so I pray today that when you leave here, you don't walk past me and go, hey, sermon, great message. You know, like, do, and do the whole nine, even though like five people did it intentionally to me after the first service. They're, they're like, great sermon today, Pastor. <laughs> But it's time that we take hold of what we're supposed to be doing and truly minister the gospel. And so we look for opportunities. Uh, a great one that's coming up this Saturday, we're doing Reimagine. Um, you guys know the Reimagine events where we meet up with tons of other churches with an organization called Reimagine. We hand out clothes, we hand out food, we hand out diapers, uh, we minister the gospel, we love people, health supplies, we, go, we do the whole nine. This one is particularly important because it is in the Brownsville community, right around the corner from our new location. All right, so listen, there is never a better time and a better way to initiate and engage this message than this Saturday. So I'm gonna ask you to do me a favor. If you 
you want to help us, if you want to volunteer, you can just go by our Connect Center at the end of service. There's a list back there. You can sign up, just your name and your phone number, and you will be contacted with more information on how you can help. All right, so that is a very unselfish slash selfish plug that I'm not ashamed of. So we would hope that all of you guys can get involved this Saturday. Um, by that, I mean everyone sign up today, please. No, I'm just kidding. So, but all that to say, Deuteronomy 9, 18 through 19 says this. Then once again, I fell prostrate before the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights. I ate no bread. I drank no water because of all the sin you had committed, doing what was evil in the Lord's sight and so arousing his anger. I feared the anger and the wrath of the Lord for he was angry enough with you to destroy you. But again, the Lord listened to me. And what he's saying there is again, Moses stood before God and said, don't destroy these people. Don't take your wrath out on these people. I'm guarding these people. These are my people and these are your people. And God is looking for someone to stand in the gap between those that are lost and therefore since they're lost are at the consequence of the wrath of God and where God is. And say, use me to stand in the gap between where you are and where they are and let me take the message. Let me take this hope. Let me take the gospel. Let me take the story of what Jesus has done And let me introduce it to every person we come in contact with. And we have to be consumed. Because I don't know about you guys, life gets busy. Amen? How many of y'all know, like, I may have the best of intentions when I leave my house at 8 in the morning. But come about 8, 11, I'm already in tunnel vision mode. Like, I don't see the guy on the street corner. I don't see the lady with three kids walking down the street with no help. Like, I don't, I'm just locked into whatever I got to do that day. So, man, how many guys can just say with me to make it part of your prayer? Lord, show me today. Let me see the people around me that need the hope of Jesus. Don't let me become so consumed with my life that I miss out on the mission that you have for me. You see, God is looking for people to be more consumed with the salvation of the lost than the agenda of the saved. I'm gonna say it again, because I really liked it when I wrote it down. (laughs) God is looking for people to be more consumed with the salvation of the lost than the agenda of the saved. That is why here at Transformation Church, this message is actually rare for us because for the most part, all, we exclusively talk about the glory of Christ and how Christ is changing us. These, these mission messages are a little more rare and somehow pastor keeps giving them to me. I don't know why he keeps doing this over and over again, but whatever. But we, we continually do that. Why? Because even on a Sunday morning here, we don't wanna be so, fa- how many guys have ever been to a church service where the church service was all for the church, but if you brought in an outsider, they had no idea what was going on. Anybody ever been a part of one of those? You're just sitting there like, these people are crazy. You know, like, <laughs> someone starts running at you. You're like, whoa, whoa, nah, fam, like, back up. Like, so um, we don't want to be one of those environments. And that doesn't make us better or whatever. I'm just saying, we want you to be in an environment where you can take the gospel to the people that need it. You can bring people into a church. They can hear the message of Jesus in a very non-threatening, non-weird kind of way, if you guys are picking up what I'm throwing down when I say that. If you've been to other churches, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Anyways, moving on. Number four, a time to pray. It's a time to pray. I am, like I've already explained to you, I am a mission-oriented, task-oriented type of person, right? Number one, 
I'm a DI personality, so if you ever take the personality test, I'm a DI, which means I'm one of those, like, everyone get out of my way, I'm on a mission. If you're in my way, I'm going to boss you around and tell you what to do to help me accomplish this mission kind of people, okay? I know that none of you are like that, but I am, <laughs> some of you are like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't nudge your wife, it's a bad idea. But I'm a DI personality, so I'm a very proactive person. However, there is nothing we can do with our hands and our feet they can't first be bathed in prayer. There's nothing we can try to accomplish in the kingdom that doesn't start first by seeking the face of God, by building a relationship with him every day, by talking with him, by, be, by getting guidance from him. Everything we do at Transformation Church starts in prayer, whether it's our Saturday morning prayer. I want you to know we prayed for you yesterday. Yesterday morning, our pastors were in here yesterday they were praying for those that are guests that were going to walk in the door. If it's your first time here at Transformation Church, we prayed for you yesterday. For our regular congregation that comes every Sunday morning, we prayed for you yesterday. For the people that have not yet walked through the door, but we're praying for the day that they will, we prayed for them. And we do that every Saturday. And every day, my prayer, like I said, when I wake up is, God, let me get so, don't let me be so consumed with me that I miss out on what you want for me but more importantly, what you want from me. Because I'm on a mission today to touch those that are lost. Deuteronomy 9.20. And the Lord was angry enough with Aaron to destroy him. But at that time, I prayed for Aaron too. Now, Aaron here is unique because when the Lord was preparing, when he was talking about destroying the Hebrews, when he was talking about destroying the Israelites, but Aaron was actually, is actually us. See, because Aaron was the leader. Man, Aaron was already on the mission. Like, he was up with Moses. He was caught up to speed with what was going on. But even Aaron had fell off track. And so, like, man, how many guys know some crazy people? Y'all know crazy people? Even saved crazy people? Y'all know a few of those? I got a few of those in my circle. You know what I'm saying? And so crazy people, like, when, when, people, when people who are saved, but they're not committed to the mission of Christ, like, when they get off track, it doesn't really throw me off. All right, because I'm like, I get it. You don't really know where you are right now. I don't hold that against you. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever. But when people are on a mission, but they get sideswiped from the mission so that they can buy a bigger house or a better car or whatever, something else that they just don't need, whenever they get consumed with that more than their mission, those are errands. And the Lord said, I was, I was going to, he was gone too. But Moses still stepped in and said, nah, like, whoa prayed for Aaron too. And so what I'm trying to explain to you guys is maybe you've been saved for 30 years, right? Like maybe you've been in this thing a long time or maybe you're brand new to it. It doesn't matter. Maybe you've been saved so long that you forgot about your mission of being saved. How much easier it would be for God as soon as we get saved to just take us off the earth? Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't know about you guys, but I have problems. None of y'all have problems? Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, okay. Welcome back. So I have problems. You guys got problems? How many of you guys ever just cry out to the Lord like, hey, could you help me with this and this? Well, here's my list. Hold on. I just wrote it all down for you. You know, like my kids are going crazy. You know, like my spouse is crazy. I'm the only sane one in the house, right? Like just, you know, we go through all of that. We lose track of what's important. So even if you're an Aaron, even if you've been saved 30 years, but the mission of the gospel has never been the priority for you, it's not too late because we're praying for you too. 
let's all get on track with what the Lord wants from us. And let's all push forward to what we have. The last one before we close out today is it's a time to destroy the idols. time to destroy the idols. Y'all cheat when y'all come to eight o'clock service first. It's a time to destroy the idols. I just want, I made a small list of the things that you can forget about. It's okay to have them, but they can't become more important than the gospel. I just made a small list. Let me give them to you real quick. Um, our politics, our race, our preferences, our agendas, our ideologies, and our personal beliefs. You can just get rid of all of those, okay? Like, just put them under a rug somewhere. Let the gospel be first. Our finances, our job, our career, our wants, our desires, our bigger, better lifestyle. We're like, yeah, man, it's just me and my wife. This three-bedroom three house is fine, but this five-bedroom house we're about to buy. Why? 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 Man, my car's got 60,000 miles on. It's time to get a new one. Why? Now, I don't judge your lifestyle, all right? I have a nice car, so don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I'm not driving like an 83 Pinto out there either, so don't, I'm, not, I'm not that guy. What I'm saying is, when that Tundra out there is paid off, guess what I'm not doing? Get another car, okay? The only reason me and, me and my house, are, me and my house, me and my wife are talking about, are talking about getting a smaller house with a different layout just so that we can host more of you at our house. So the only reason we're talking about changing houses is so that we can have a better relationship in small groups with you guys. In other words, every decision we make right now is so that we can better influence people's lives with the gospel. So my encouragement to you today is destroy the idols, man. What are you holding as more value than God in your life? A good way to determine that is what are you spending more time with than God in your life? It's funny, because got, we got six people that I know of right now that just decided, you know what, I'm just gonna quit my job. I'm not telling you to quit your job. That don't, please don't go quitting your job. Pastor said that the Lord was just, no, pastor didn't say that. Don't quit your job. But the husband made enough money or the wife made enough money and they just said, you know what, we're just gonna, we're gonna scale down our living, we're gonna scale down our lifestyle so that we can spend more time taking the gospel to the people that need it. We're not gonna be consumed with trying to get the biggest house or the best car or the whatever. We just wanna to touch people's lives for the, with the message of Jesus Christ. And the best way to do that is if we get these things out of our life. I'm not telling you to get rid of everything. Listen, I'm an avid collector of certain metal objects that fire other metal objects, okay? So, can't say the G word. So um, it's guns. Okay, I just, yeah, I'm guilty. It's okay. Like, so I'm not telling you to give up on everything. Did you guys hear what I'm saying today? Because sometimes we run wild with this message. Like Pastor said, we need to get rid of everything. You know, we got 16 kids. We need to scale down to one car. That is not what I'm telling you right now, okay? What I'm telling you is maybe we should think through a little bit of what we do every day and pray about what God wants to do in our life. Maybe we should think through some of our purchases and evaluate whether or not it's what's necessary in our life. And maybe we should commit to the mission a little bit more with our life so that we can see God transform lives and we can see him do amazing things in us and through us. Close your eyes in this place today. Real quickly, I want to ask any of you that are here, maybe you're
Maybe you're here for the first time or maybe you've been with us for a while. You say, all that sounds great, the mission of Christ, but to be honest with you, pastor, I don't know Christ. He's not my, my Lord and Savior. My faith is not in him. Here's the reality, folks. We were all born into sin. And if Jesus is not, if we don't have our faith in Jesus Christ, if we don't have our faith in what he did on the cross to pay for our sins so that we wouldn't have to pay for our sins with our eternity, when we put our faith in him and we say, Jesus, what you did on the cross is you paid the price that I could never pay, so you suffered on the cross so that I wouldn't have to suffer eternity in hell. But I wanna put my faith in you today. Maybe you, the Lord's been doing something in your life. Maybe he's been wooing you. Maybe he's been drawing you for days now. Or maybe you just walked in here for today, but there's something in you saying, hey, there's something missing in my life. And I think it's Jesus. I need that. I need change. I need Jesus in my life. If that's you today, I'm not gonna come to you. I'm not gonna point you out. I will not embarrass you. But will you acknowledge that you're gonna put your faith in Jesus today? Would you just raise your hand? I want him as my Lord and Savior today. God bless you. God bless you. As you put your hands, you can put it right back down. Like I said, we're not gonna embarrass you. I need Jesus in my life today. I wanna surrender to him today. Here's what we're gonna do. God bless you. We're gonna pray a prayer. Everyone's gonna pray with you, even on live stream. If you pray this prayer, the prayer doesn't make you saved. Putting your faith in Jesus Christ alone makes you saved. But we're gonna pray this prayer today to pray this prayer today to publicly acknowledge that we are surrendering to Him and that salvation is taking over in our life. Say it with me, church. Say, Dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my wrongs. Forgive me of my sins. Make me clean. Make me pure make me whole. I want to follow you the rest of my life. I put my faith in you. I receive the grace you gave me on the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, put your hands together for all those that prayed that perhaps for the very first time.